0: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 18th. I'm Donald Ware. It is Takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU Football Podcast. Daily Podcast. Let's start this way with the HBCU National Players of the Week. The wide receiver from Hampton, Jadakiss Bonds. He is absolutely outstanding. One of the best receivers in FCS football. Seven receptions, 92 yards, a touchdown, including the game-winning, what amounted to, the game-winning reception in overtime that propelled the Pirates to a 38 38- to 37 victory come from behind victory that airs over Albany. It's a history-making uh, situation. Why? Because for Hampton, it is Hampton's first victory in the CAA. So congratulations to Hampton and to Jadakiss Bond, The second player from Tuskegee, Tareen Taylor, the other HBCU national player of the week, 232 yards, Rushing on 21 carries. He had four rushing touchdowns in the game. Also had a re, a reception, one reception for 21 yards in the ball game. You can read more about both of these young men on our website at BoxToRow.com. Let's look at the HBCU coaches and media polls. And of course, Southern moved up in the polls. It's going to be one of my takeaways, Southern's Big victory over Old Corn State. It's going to be one of my takeaways, but in the coaches poll, Jackson State received all but one first place vote. Uh, followed by North Carolina Central at number two who received the other first place vote. Florida A&M at number three, Southern at number four, t remained at number five, six through 10. Hampton, Allcorn State, Prairie View, A&M, Delaware State, and South Carolina State rounds out the top 10 in the HBCU media poll, Jackson state received all of the first place votes followed by Virginia union at number two, Florida A&M at number three, North Carolina central at number four, Benedict bumps up to number five, big win over Albany state. That means, you know, Albany state had to go down six through 10 looks like this. Southern Albany state, old corn state, Fort Valley state, and Hampton rounds out the top 10 with Fort Valley State and Hampton re-entering the media polls. So that's a look at the polls. And again, for those polls, you can log on to our website or for the HBCU polls, log on to our website at box2row.com. So takeaway number one Southern's victory over Alcorn State was huge in a lot of ways. Okay. Now, this was a Southern team that just a couple of weeks ago fell to Texas Southern, got blanked by Texas Southern. So at that time, I'm like, ooh, Southern, I don't know. Southern, it's going to be kind of tough. Meanwhile, you looked at Alcorn State was kind of getting on a bit of a roll, but this win was huge. Now, on the conference call, okay, Fred McNair, the head football coach at Alcorn State, gave Southern all the credit in the world, but he did mention – there were a couple of bad calls. He mentioned one in particular, a fourth down uh, call where it looked like, where he says Alcorn State had Southern stop, but it was a bad spot. Um, and so uh, at the end of the day, Alcorn State fell. Now, both teams have one loss in the conference, but Southern old holds the head-to-head over Alcorn State. Now, there's plenty of football left to be played. There's a lot of football left to be played. And of course, Prairie View a and is still in that mix. So a lot of football left to be played. But right now, uh, you know, Southern is on top just by a couple of really a couple of percentage points and remember, well, some percentage points, but you remember also Southern has the head to head over Prairie View AM as well from last week's victory. So you're talking about back to back victories. By Southern, you're talking about a Southern team that two weeks ago was not even in the media poll at all. Is now number six in the HBCU media poll. Think about that. And again, head-to-head against, head-to-head against Prairie View A&M, head-to-head against, uh, against All-Core State. Now, Texas Southern is still in the mix, two losses. They have the head, or the Tigers have the head-to-head against Southern. And you know, with Andrew Body at quarterbacks, a high-powered offense, by Texas Southern, so anything could happen. Number two, the victory by Benedict over Albany State was huge in so many ways because now you're talking about the SIAC's Eastern Division where Benedict is the only undefeated team. Fort Valley State and Albany State have one loss apiece, but Benedict owns the head-to-head over both of them. So in essence... You're talking about Benedict still has some games remaining, still has three games remaining. Um, But you're talking about a Benedict team that has the head-to-head over Fort Valley State and Albany State. I would imagine, you know, Benedict wins two of his next three games. It's pretty much wrapped up the Eastern Division. But if you're Benedict, I know Benedict is probably looking for that undefeated season. So big win by Benedict. Over Albany State, it was homecoming in Albany. And uh, now Albany's sort of fighting not only to stay in the race in the Eastern Division, still has Fort Valley State left uh, to play, who, 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 by the way, Fort Valley State has, as you heard, has re-entered the media poll. But they're fighting, meaning the Golden Rams are now fighting for a playoff, a possible playoff berth as well, because the way Benedict is playing, I don't see Benedict losing the eastern division. Number 3, Tennessee State with the victory over Tennessee Tech and it wasn't wasn't a close game. More importantly, I think for Tennessee State, you go back uh 2 weeks ago to the loss against Lane and at that time, Tennessee State still remained uh, winless. And I'm like, Lane is a good program. But if you're Tennessee State, John Merritt Classic, you're at home, you gotta win that game. I mean, you you just have to win that game. I realize it went in overtime. Lane's a good program, not knocking Lane. But if you're Tennessee State, that's a game you have to win. Since then, resounding victory over Bethune-Cookman, resounding victory Saturday over Texas Tech. So anything now can happen with Tennessee State. Quarterback plays is much better in the last two games so we'll say, I mean, Tennessee State's still got an uphill battle, but still, uh, there's something there. Number four takeaway, Delaware State, big victory over Norfolk State. You're looking at Delaware State now, uh, four and two in the season. Had a chance uh, to 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 kind of be on that MiAC call and talk with Rodman. Had a chance to ask Rod Milstead a couple of questions. Just like, okay, what's the difference now, right? with the program where it is now compared to last year or some of the previous years. And he just talked about it. He's, you know, building the program. And this is where he thought the program would be um, in year four. And I said this, I said, I've been saying this to you guys all uh, from, from, from maybe, maybe second week of the season. And maybe even before the season, I believe before the season, Delaware state is a sleeper to win the Miac Championship. The Miac's going to be much better. You got a big game upcoming this Saturday where two teams are going to knock each. One of them is going to be knocked. I'm not going to say out of the Miac race, but definitely a loss in the Miac. The Miac. The winner of the Miac may go undefeated. You of course you got South Carolina State and North Carolina Central that are going to battle it, battle it out on Saturday. I believe that game is in Orangeburg, but. That's a big-time football game. Delaware State going to sit back, got a game against Howard. I mean, if you're Delaware State, you can't be complacent. Howard is not playing well at all, okay? Maybe doing some good things, but only one win on the season. Is just not playing good football. If you're Delaware State, you got to go into D.C. I realize it's homecoming. Uh, It's a great homecoming. Howard, no doubt. You're Delaware State. You got to go in and handle your business against Howard. And this is the thing. I remember, you know, Going back to, you know, two, well, three years ago, three, four years ago, I just remember, you know, we do these podcasts and I do a Miak preview and I just be like, I just don't think it's going to be a good season for Delaware State at all. And you go from that to where Delaware State is now, four and two on the season, one and oh, and MEAC play, still plenty of season left to be played Four MEAC games, still left to be played. That said, Rod Millstead has got this program rocking and rolling. Okay, so uh, you talk about Delaware State and playing some pretty good football right now. I think another, I think I've had another takeaway. Hampton's victory over Albany. Again, it's a big win. Uh, Hampton, I mean, now when you're playing in the CAA, it, it's, a, it, it's a much bigger step up than was the even was the Big South. Much bigger step up almost every week. You're playing against teams that are nationally ranked. And so Hampton has its work cut out for it. It's a lot of season remaining, but to get a victory in conference play in the CAA before and two on the season right now, Hey, Hampton is, 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 uh, is getting some things done and we'll see ultimately what happens over the next several weeks. So those are my takeaways. For Tuesday here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Remember, you can hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account at dware one if you want to share any thoughts. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, where you can find us on our website at BoxToRow.com, also on iHeartMedia.com, and wherever you get your podcast. Also, don't forget, you can watch the HBCU football daily podcast on the box to row youtube page talk with you tomorrow